0: Hi, I'm Andy Peregrine from Modiphius, and you're listening to Morris' unofficial Tabletop RPG
1: Talk. This podcast is sponsored by Hudson the Puppy. Hudson, for all your sitting, fetching, spinning, paw-giving, midnight-barking, and bottom-sniffing needs. What I want to know is, how does a puppy manage to afford to sponsor a podcast? And how does it even know what a podcast is? For that matter, what is a podcast? (sighs) Ah, never mind all the tabletop role playing news. We aim to amuse and we aim to induce Morris's
2: unofficial
3: tabletop RPG Talk Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris' unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is
0: Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Royal Players. Russ, it is absolutely fantastic to be here. Hello, hey. Peter. Hi, Russ. How are, How are you doing? I am yeah, very I'm- well, thank you. I'm superb. Thanks for asking.
3: I'm enjoying the first sun of the year. We've had three uh, barbecues already this week. <laughs> three barbecues? <laughs> wow. Well, oh. like, get, get them while you can, because it won't last.
0: No, that's fair. That's fair. I'm just worried that Hudson will become a roly-poly dog. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, the butt rookies are pretty small. They're just me and Sharon, so, you know, they're...
0: Ah, uh... oh, something. But, Russ, we have a guest. We do have a guest. We have
3: Joel Logan, who's here
0: to talk to us all
3: about his solo RPG Kickstarter, which is about uh, creating your first cleric. And I'm really excited to talk about that in a moment. But, Joel, yeah. welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks <laughs> for having me, guys. Yeah.
3: So you're, uh, you're from all the way over in Georgia.
2: Yeah, so uh, I've got a pretty deep southern accent, so... Uh... Hopefully, between your accent and my accent, we can understand each other.
3: Yeah, I think I think the accents are about as far apart as you can get, aren't they? Really, yours oh. is about as American as you can get, and ours is about as British as you can get. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about that old chap. Uh, sorry I could oh, yeah, you can, could
3: get
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you've got an accent from the south of England. Um, Joel's got an accent from the south of North America, so yeah. So the only people that will understand
3: us are people who live in the middle of the Atlantic.
0: Yes, yeah, so that's all people. Yeah. The, the, the mid-Atlantic people are, of course, Australians.
3: Anyway, let's do, some, let's do some RPG news. That's a brilliant idea.
0: I think we uh, should do a podcast about it.
3: All right, then. All right, then. So um, one, one thing that caught my eyes this week is, oh, did yeah. you see the giant Tiamat miniature
0: from WizKids? I mean, how could you miss seeing it? It's like about three foot long or something. I mean, miniature
3: is really the wrong word, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's 30 inches across. I mean, like, that is... Here I am holding up my hands on an audio show. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: Just imagine Russ is telling you a story about the one that got away after his fishing trip, and yeah. you're bang on with how far away he's holding his hands.
3: Yeah. <laughs> this thing's enormous.
0: <laughs> it, it is. Uh, I mean, 30 inches, that's like, uh, I'm trying to remember how much that is in centimetres. I can totally do this. It's like over 60 centimetres. It's, it's a big.
3: It's, it's, like, it's about 70, 75, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, basically, what we're saying is, right, is you're going to need a bigger table. Yes, yeah, yeah. In the same way that in Jaws they need a bigger boat, here you're like, are yeah, going to need a bigger yeah. adventuring party, mate. You know. And the
2: price of it too. Did
0: y'all see that? I try not to look at the prices; they totally <laughs> upset me Well, you see, the, uh, the, the the
3: the miniature in this case is going to cost more than your table, probably. It's about yeah. <laughs> wow. it's about four hundred dollars. It's not <laughs> a cheap miniature.
0: Oh, 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 oh crikey <laughs> Okay. Yes. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, really, at this sort of stage, it's like, how often are you going to fight Tiamat? I mean, how often are you going to need more than one Tiamat?
3: Yeah, but when you buy that, you're collecting it, aren't you? You're not buying it for use, really.
0: That's fair. I mean, You might
3: yeah. use it once or twice, but you're getting it to put on the shelf.
0: I mean, Joel, if you, if you win the lottery and get yourself like a... <laughs> I mean, would you be able to find shelf space for a... Well, I, a, a I'm looking, I was looking at the shelves
3: behind him, and there is no way Tiamat's fitting up there. Well, in my I other think, rooms, I, I have
2: actual miniature cases... Just full of oh. miniatures, and I'm not sure that thing would fit in my miniature case. <laughs> it would have to sit on the top of it outside yeah. the miniature mm. case. It could just
0: yeah. guard the miniature case, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I mean, that's basically. I'm not going to mess with Tim. I
2: mean, it's a miniature
3: that's
0: bigger than your pets. Wow, well, some pets.
3: I mean, well, it's bigger than your cat.
0: It's not bigger than my cat. My like cat's it's enormous. Your
3: cat's not 30 inches long.
0: Well, most tails. That's a
2: tiger. That's a small tiger. <laughs>
0: Uh, Rush, you're, you're thinking of meters again. Sorry. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs>
3: right. So uh, we we have lots oh. more lots more news. So we got a bit yeah. of uh, a bit of sort of controversial news. So you know we mentioned yeah. Luke Crane last week and the uh, the uh, the problems. Oh, yeah, yeah. Into which he, he ran. Yeah, yeah. Like so keyblower or whatever his face is. Did yeah. we mention that he's now left Kickstarter? Did we mention uh, that last week? Or did no. that happen just after the
0: show? I can't remember. That might have happened just after the show in the traditional fashion of major news events happening after we've uh, finished recording.
3: <laughs> so just as a recap, mm-hmm. he launched a Kickstarter a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. which was called The Perfect RPG. And mm-hmm. this Kickstarter was an anthology of micro RPGs from a range of different creators. Mm-hmm. Um None of those creators knew who else was in the book until after the Kickstarter launched, at which mm-hmm. point they all found that on the list was Adam, again, I can't remember how to say his last name, Keeble, Kerble. Keeble. K- sure. K-O-E-B-E-L. Who... Like, like uh, yeah, yeah. Who last year uh had his live stream show cancelled because he introduced some uh sexual assault scenarios on players without prior consent. Yeah, is that a fair summary?
0: Uh, more than fair. To be fair, like yeah, I mean, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say.
3: Yeah. So uh, that perfect RPG. I mean, we, we covered all this last week, so I don't want to yes. go into it too much detail. But it got launched. It got cancelled a few hours later, or after half the creators backed out when they oh, saw oh. who was
0: involved. Yes, at high speed. Uh,
3: Luke Crane kind of tried to imply that they were harassed into backing out. It turns out they were not.
0: Mm-mm. They all said we are not being harassed. We no, just don't we, being this Kickstarter. Yeah, anymore.
3: we just don't want to be involved. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and now he has issued a sort of much longer apology, and Kickstarter has announced that he is no longer the head of community at Kickstarter. He has resigned from his job.
0: All right.
3: That basically is the news on that.
0: I mean, it's a novelty that people are resigning because they've lost public trust. But yeah, yeah. glad to see there are some standards somewhere.
3: mean, he used to be head of games or head of tabletop games or head of games or something like that over there. Mm-hmm. But that was over a year ago. So, over a year ago, he became head of community and someone else became head of tabletop games. Okay. So, I think uh, for people who are publishing tabletop games on Kickstarter, I don't think he was directly involved with that anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: At least to my knowledge.
0: Yeah.
3: Um right, so that's the bad news out of the way. So, um let's have, let's have some, good, some news. good news. Let's have yes, some good news. Please. Should we have some good
2: yes. news?
0: Yes. Do you have any Do good news, Joel?
2: <coughs> Anything that's happened to you? I uh, just got back from a, a vacation when my family got to go to Universal Studios for a few days.
0: <gasps> Ooh, oh so, I uh, love Universal Studios. Beautiful. Yeah. I have never been. Oh, well, I suppose it <laughs> if you like rides and having fun, so you yeah. I don't I like, like fun. fun.
3: No, and I, I hate fun.
0: No, um, against
3: fun, when I rule yeah. the world, fun is going to be outlawed. I'm telling you.
0: I, I got to say that's that's really not the political platform that you wish to be running on. But you know, you do you political platform. <laughs> 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 yeah, now anyway. I'm thinking
3: of doing it next, Luther style.
0: <laughs> well we are all, all the money you're going to make from from the Kickstarters for yes. RPGs, yeah. Yeah. I
3: just need I just need the first trillion dollar Kickstarter. Anyway, this is an amazing segue into million dollar <laughs> Kickstarters. Million dollar, dollar that Kickstarter. That was clever.
0: So that was there is good. a new yeah. million dollar Kickstarter. Oh why? well, I've been million dollar Kickstarters before, but we're talking specifically million dollar Kickstarter for RPGs. Or tabletop is.
3: RPGs, yes. Of which, which? there have been seven ever.
0: I gotta say, mama and like we've had what two, three this year?
3: So over the last seven or eight years we've had seven in total. Yeah. In the last four weeks, yeah. there have been three of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. weird. I don't understand why that is. But three of those have come along at once in the last uh last four weeks. So there was the one yeah. ring. There was a yes. the Twisted Taverns thing, and yes. the latest one to join the club, which just ended yesterday, so sadly you've missed it if you're listening to this, but we did mention mm-hmm. it previously on the Kickstarter, yes. is that Native American-themed um, pr- pr- and owned RPG, Coyote, Crow, Coyote? And, Coyote, Coyote and, and Crow, Crow. Yes. which just yeah. broke a million
0: just before it ended. Um, that, is, that is some big numbers. Yeah. Yeah. very Very impressive, and um, bloody well done to them, I say. Yeah, yeah, congratulations.
3: Um, I think it's like really weird, though, that there's been three in the last
0: four weeks. Mm. What's that about? People have got into Table.com. I mean, they've all all been really,
3: really good projects. I mean, obviously that's something to do with it, but you see a lot of good projects that don't do a
2: million, so... yeah.
0: What do you think, Joel?
2: Well, uh, you know, I've thought a lot about that. I think Throughout COVID, so many people have really been working on things. But I think also things have been delayed. Like in my case, you know, a lot of people in 2020 is, do I really want to release a big project? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people, I believe, have waited to see what was going to happen, like with the U.S. presidential election, to see if um, COVID was going to get better or worse. So I think you've had people that have delayed. But I think you've had a lot of people throughout the pandemic and working on things, and uh, they decided Mm. now in 2021 things are looking better. Uh, People are more optimistic, they're positive, and uh, I think throughout the pandemic, people have been drawn to role-playing games because it's something that they can do either locally Mm. with their family at home or you know through virtually now. There's so many platforms and uh, ways to run it. I know my gaming group, we've hung together, and um, we're still uh, playing some virtually, but we're hoping to get together Ooh. back in person really soon. One of our friends has a patio outdoors. So and uh, mm. a lot Ooh. of us have had our first vaccinations here in the U.S. So yeah. I think things are looking positive. People uh, have money to spend. Uh, you know, in the U.S., we've had all the stimulus money. So mm. uh, people have some discretionary money to spend on uh, Kickstarters right now.
3: Ooh. Right. Fallout. Who's a fan of Fallout?
0: I am, for sure. Uh, oh, Joel's got both hands, absolutely, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, you can, as mm. of right now, pre-order yep. the Fallout post-nuclear tabletop role-playing game from Modifius.
2: And I'm definitely so nice. going to do that, for sure. The I've got a lot of the Modifius the war game, and they mm. had, I don't know how to describe it, but... Uh, you know, they had rules in the book where you could basically turn the war game into a yeah. role-playing game, but it so wasn't. Interesting. It just didn't have the feel of a true role-playing game, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, yeah,
3: it was called Fallout Wasteland Warfare, and it was just kind of an expansion of the war game, wasn't mm-hmm. it? It, it was. this is this is a full role-playing game in its own right. Same company, same property, but. This is like Fallout, the official big role-playing game, like 400-page core rulebook. Yeah, the whole works. Mm-hmm. Um, so along with the core rule book, there's going to be a Game Master toolkit, uh, mm-hmm. which includes a map of the Boston Commonwealth from Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got tokens, it's got character sheets, it's got reference handouts, um, a Game Master booklet, and some custom dice. Ooh. And you can also pick up a limited edition alternate cover.
0: Oh, yes. Uh for sound Fantasy. I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of people would be very excited about it. Does it say which er- which errors it covers or like yeah?
1: I
3: I I don't really know much about Fallout, but it says Fallout Four. Does that
2: help? <laughs> I I think maybe their license, everything like uh related to the war game seemed to be based around Fallout Four. And I don't know if uh Mm-mm. Bethesda limited them or not on how Ooh. much of the Fallout universe they could actually expound yeah. on, but like almost everything in the war game was related to Fallout 4, which was in the Boston area. So maybe that'd be one thing I'd be excited to see in the RPG is if there's information Ooh. on other factions and areas, because, you know, each game concentrated yeah. on a different part of uh, America, like the Southwest. You had Washington, D.C. Sure. D. in Fallout 3, and then like in fallout tactics that even i think went into like the midwest around chicago and but uh yeah but it'd be interesting i'm real excited about that book the thing about modifius is their products are expensive but the quality is so good on their mm. uh products oh. like the miniatures are amazing that they put out i've got a good many of them and uh the books you know you just can't beat the quality of uh of their productions you know and mm. it's for me as a Fallout fan, Ooh. I'll definitely be getting that book for sure. And uh, I've got so many mm. miniatures now, I'd love to uh, do something besides a war game with them.
3: Yeah. yeah. Are you a fan of the 2D20 system?
2: Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've played anything with that system or not. there
3: be, would be Conan, Star Trek other things that I can't think of right off the top of my head, but lots of <laughs> lots of things. Yeah.
2: I know I've got a lot of the older Conan RPGs. I don't know if that's a different mm. system though. Hadn't played those in many years. Oh, I think you're thinking of the
3: Mongoose Publishing one. Wasn't that a D20 system? I think it was. Mm. I can't, I can't
2: remember. remember. It's been a long time.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember either. Um, but this is the 2D 20 system, which is a slightly slightly well, very different system. Yeah, um... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, all that stuff you were talking about other regions and stuff that sounds like splatbook material to me. It sounds like you know they could expand on that.
2: Mm.
3: Right. Let's see. We might be nearing the end of the news. There wasn't a massive amount this week, but let me just quickly
2: skim through. Can you two think of anything I may have missed?
0: Oh, there I said.
2: I don't think there was a whole lot of April Fool's Day jokes yesterday, but. Uh... Uh, Oh, uh, I did see. I, did on, see one. I kind
3: of avoided reading news yesterday <laughs> just because I thought that's what it would
0: be. Yeah, I, I, I did see one that came out from one of the DMs' guild authors, mm. Laura Herbs. Yeah, or Herbs. Uh, I I don't know. Is that is that right? I don't know. I'll just double check. Uh, Laura Herbs, That's right. They put out. Uh, well, I, I, I think actions will speak louder than words. What I'll do is I will put this in the chat so you can. Uh, just have a look for yourselves and, um, and see a, what you all think. All the
3: listeners can look as well. All the listeners, all you the listeners check, can look. Just check the chat.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, <laughs> I, I, again, I, I have every confidence co- in
3: Oh, Plain Jammer's Guide to the Spells Yes, I did see that. And that looks yeah. really good as well. That's um, a very well oh. put together
0: sort it's of ad lovely, play i I got to say, it looks amazing. It looks, looks official, it? Yeah. It looks super official. I was like looking at it thinking, that's got to be April Fool's, because I know this is... Because I've seen it straight away, and I haven't heard mm. the teaser for the announcement of the trailer, and the internet has not been going absolutely <laughs> berserk. <laughs> yeah. Which, if yeah. Spelljammer was coming out, would be the case. <laughs> uh, there are subtle clues. It says release date June 31st, 2021. Did it catch you at all when you saw it, or not? Even for a second? Um... I, I looked at it and even though it says plane jammer, I was like, no, it, it's, it's an April Fool's. Be- I mean, it looked really real, mm. but I was like, no, it's just, well, okay. So I thought it was wizards doing an April Fool's joke. I was like, nah, nah, it's not real. Because as I said, they haven't done their usual like six months of teasers for trailers and yeah, stuff yeah, before, yeah, yeah. which was my, which was my major clue. But it was only when I looked a bit closer, I realized wrong Twitter handle. It's, it says plane jammers, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, Um just stuff like that. But no, it's it's really good. I mean, I like, I mean, if I didn't, if I if I if I basically would have been totally. If it fooled, wasn't on
3: April the first, you'd have be fooled by it, basically. I oh, think it's oh, a, god, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: If if I didn't work on this podcast, I would have been totally fooled <laughs> by it. I would have been telling everyone I know excitedly about it, right? It really is very convincing. Well, um, just... <laughs> Daryl,
3: on yeah. his column, I've just quickly checked, has compiled a quick list of some April Fool's jokes that happened yesterday. I could whip through oh, them yeah. very quickly if you like. Let's do it. They're all absolutely hilarious, like all April Fool's jokes always are.
0: Are they? <laughs> yeah, <then. laughs> See, my
3: difference my thing with an April Fool's joke <laughs> is it's got to be funny. If it's just a lie... It's not an yes. April Fool's prank, is it? It's just anyone can make do us that. Up. Uh, you know. yeah. So, hi Peter, I'm wearing blue shoes. That's not a. It's just a lie. It's not a April Fool's joke, is it? It's
0: not. It's not funny. It's not funny.
3: So, no. it's got to be funny to be an April Fool's joke. Anyway, so Beadle and Grimms announced a platinum boxed set for Wing Commander titled the Maniac Edition. Okay. I don't really get that, but I've never played Wink Commander, so... We know they do the platinum box sets for the uh, D&D adventures.
0: Oh, yes. They've released the main edition. Wait, no, this is April Fool's, right?
3: (laughs) So I'm just like... None of these things have happened.
0: I I, I was like, this seems entirely plausible to me, but okay. (laughs) Alright, so this one.
3: Sandy Peterson.
0: Yes. Best
3: known, I think, for writing the foreword to the awfully cheerful engine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the reason everybody's heard of him
0: Oh, yeah, 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 mate Absolutely Yeah, yeah, yeah (laughs) Obviously, obviously creator of (laughs)
3: Call of Cthulhu and many other things
2: Oh, (laughs) really? Okay
3: (laughs) Um, Released a uh, YouTube video The title is Was Lovecraft Racist?
0: Okay
3: (laughs) He appears on the video and says a single word Is it? Is it yes? Yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay Well, I didn't see that one coming.
3: (laughs) Uh, Listen, April Kit Walsh released an image of an updated version of Thirsty Sword Lesbians. This is called Friendly Sword Pals. Rules for holding hands, sharing shirts, or practicing kisses with your lifelong roommates and sword fighting pals. And that is a parody of articles and documentaries and things. That describe figures in obvious uh, LGBTQ plus relationships as close yes. friends or
0: roommates. Yes, yes, absolutely, very close friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: sorry. Uh, well, okay. Uh, Paizo, they released yes. uh, Pathfinder Second Edition and Starfinder Stats for some new monsters.
0: Oh yeah.
3: A Nosferotter, which is a <laughs> vampire otter with the power the squeak of, of- <laughs> doom. <laughs> Oh dear, mate. And not the desert Drake, the desert right. Drake, <laughs> a giant ice cream cone dragon who can release powdered sugar as a cloud attack.
0: Uh, Russ, is it is it too late to make an extra pitch for a dragon for uh, <laughs> level at five? Quick, I realise right we've got quick. twenty. Uh, oh, we've got like twenty dragons already, mm. but, but surely we can make that twenty-one. I mean, like three sevens of dragons. <laughs> that, that sounds like a lucky number to me.
3: Steve Jackson. I try and say that again. Steve Jackson Games, not Steve Uh, Jackson James. That's an entirely different thing. (laughs) Steve Jackson Games. Yes. Three words that I can say very easily. Announced a new fragrance line. (laughs) It's called Illuminati New World (laughs) Odor.
0: It's a good one. Oh, I, I don't know if the if the sound of the actual physical pain that that caused <laughs> me has uh, made it onto the record, but I would just like to go on to record say that was that was really bad. I see, I see Joel's writing this down uh, for you to know later. Games, <laughs> it, it's fine, it's, it's okay, right? Just, you, you, you use these jokes and uh, inflict pain upon your players because that's what they deserve. Anyway. Yeah, finally, last one: <laughs> Dwarven Forge. Yeah. They
3: released a trailer for a new television series. Oh, yes. The series is called The Joy of Dwarven Painting.
2: <laughs>
3: Are you okay. looking forward to that?
2: I guess. Sure. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, there's
0: definitely a certain element of hit or miss. So I, yeah. Yeah.
2: So uh. I, I'm sure there was... I guess they're going to have some uh, happy little dungeons that <clears> painting.
0: Oh, and of course, a friend for every little dwarf, because every little dwarf needs a friend. <laughs>
3: I'm sure there was loads more April Fool's stuff out there, but that's just the ones that Daryl very, very conveniently compiled for us. So I was, I was going to release the Level Up Herald a day early. Well, I did in the end, but a day early. And it got to Mm. April the 1st, Thursday, and I was going to release it a day early to surprise everybody. And I'd totally forgotten it was April the 1st. And Mm. I was about to do it, and then I suddenly realized, hang on, everyone's just going to assume I'm joking. So I kind of held off, but I couldn't resist and I did it at the end of the day
0: anyway. And it's <laughs> out there now. Uh, it's, uh, it's looking quite nice actually. I quite like the, I, I, I basically like the rejigging mm. so that you can actually cast spells and not feel that you're losing out on smites. Mm. I mean, if you want to, you can just keep on smiting and use it, using the spells to do so. So, but yeah, you've got the option of smiting a bit less the spikes were a bit less powerful but that's still good yeah.
3: and you also get cantrips
0: and you also get cantrips and you also get cantrips yes, yes.
3: Um, oh I've got a Kickstarter launching on Tuesday oh yes my last Kickstarter ended last Tuesday the Tuesday we just had right fulfilled
0: four seconds oh Russ I'm
3: slowing what down I do? know I, I am know. slowing is down that?
0: That is shocking, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's shocking. Like slowing down for fleeing uh, pixels. Uh,
3: and the next one launches on Tuesday. The next one is called oh. Here There Be Dragons.
0: I'm listening. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it's a, it's a mini quick satellite like the others. So it's about yeah. 30 pages, something yeah. cover. Uh, and it's got five sort of unique, detailed dragons in there.
0: Ah nice.
3: Uh each of them has an illustration, big stat block, background, description, personality, Ooh. you know, a load of a load of information about it. And Ooh. those five dragons are uh they range from okay. CR9 up to CR twenty seven for the biggest one.
0: That's a chunky boy.
3: And they are Sindrathrax the Soul Hoarder. Mm-hmm. Bezka's met the unscaled. Yep. Yeah. Glamdrelik the gold, Tayladin, the reclaimer, and the librarian of Auburn Tur. Nice.
0: Yeah. I like that last one.
3: So, according to the legend, the sigil of the library, a snaking silver dragon isn't just for show. The librarian has a secret.
0: Right. Nice. It
3: is in fact an ancient silver memory dragon who consumes the minds of those who provoke her wrath.
0: Right, so what you're saying is if you're eating crisps loudly in that library, yes, yeah. woe behind you. <laughs>
3: yeah. If you Anything don't return so. that book on time, it's not late fees you've got to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like, oh, the librarian's a real dragon. I don't be so rude, really sexist. No, no, seriously, the librarians a real dragon. <laughs> <laughs>
3: anyway, that is it for yeah. the news then. We're
0: done. Fantastic. We've finished the yes. news.
2: It's time to play our favourite game, it's time to play the game Our favourite game in
0: all the world, guess the Kickstarter from just the name
3: Shall we play our favourite game in all the world? The game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name So Joel, you said earlier you were quite nervous about this (laughs)
2: I <laughs> well I, I got a strategy though I got a, a clipboard here I'm going to write write it down so uh, Ooh, so clever. I can do some Ooh. brainstorming nice. I, Ooh, nice. right. oh, okay. you...
0: I think you may be quite literally the best prepared guest we've ever had for this section
3: Why would you mean the only prepared guest? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm including you in that Peter <laughs>
0: oh, Well usually when y'all play this game
2: the titles are like some strangely spelled word that uh, you're like, how do you pronounce that? Or how do you. Spell
0: yeah. That? So. <laughs> generally, to be fair, the words are generally quite normal, but it's just Russ. <laughs> well, you see, the difference between no, no,
3: me and Peter is I can't pronounce <laughs> fantasy words with apostrophes the in them. Yeah. Peter can't pronounce normal words from the English language. <laughs> That's the difference between us. I think I come yeah. up slightly ahead on that.
0: Yes, yes, you do. I most certainly do. <laughs> You certainly think that. <laughs> anyway, can we? So, are
3: we ready? Who would like to go first? Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, shall I go first, John? You want me you go to first? go first? which anyway, Chase, I'll go first.
3: Okay then. Peter, are you ready? I the name of this company. The company is Serpent Cyborg Games.
0: Ooh,
3: that's a solid name. And the name of the Kickstarter is Fly Softly. Ooh. That's a difficult one.
0: Yes. It's a particularly irritating one because I feel that I should know... Uh, it, because it sounds like it's part of a quote. So um Fly Softly for me evokes a sort of a cosmic horror-like vibe to it in a, some sort of fashion to, say, Lovecraftian nightgaunts or something like that, some sort of like uh flapping wings in the night, uh also having maybe definite Eldritch vibe. That's very much what I'm taking away from it. But what does it mean as a game? Fly Softly. I think it's uh it's an original setting, certainly. And I'm hoping for an original system rather than a five E conversion, because I'm hoping very much for a um, Yeah, sort of Lovecraftian horror, but maybe set in Vic or or, or Victorian. I uh, tell you what. Uh, let, let's let's shove Lovecraft off the boat and go like we want more of a poo. Edgar Allan Poe sort of style thing. Edgar Allan Poe sort of a game. Edgar. That Edgar. Sort of? Yeah, that it. Hard to Alright, Edgar. <laughs> that's how you say it. I can't remember. I promise that's okay, how you say it. Cool. Okay, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. I, I've literally never had a conversation about it with someone that didn't involve keyboard. Um, Edgar Allan Poe, who is probably going to be, yeah, so Victorian, spooky, original system, um, I think I'm done there.
3: Well, it is an original system. Woo! <laughs> so well done on that. <laughs> I will give you yeah. a tenth of a point for guessing that it's an original uh,
0: system, uh, uh, and I hope an original setting.
3: Uh, no, actually,
0: really, because the setting oh, is
3: the uh, yeah. Appalachians of West Virginia to the forests of Michoacan, Mexico,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and I'm sure I've mispronounced that Mexican region's Uh,
0: name won't be the the first won't be the last so this is
3: a a solar punk game about butterfly hybrids sowing the future one seed at a time you look flummoxed right no no no, that makes a lot
0: that makes a lot more sense because instead of walk softly and like don't leave a trace it's fly softly because you're sort of okay so that's the environmentalism thing which I have missed. but um, So it follows the
3: monarch butterfly people, the sim monarchs, on their yearly migration from the near future West Virginia through to Mexico. It's a story about navigating relationships amongst ghosts, mutants, humans, animals, plants, insects, and the land.
0: I I mean, when you put it that way, it all just sounds so obvious. I'm (laughs) embarrassed to have missed it.
3: (laughs) Well, it's uh, it's, it's doing well. It's it's done double its goal. It's got 20 days to go. Um, yeah. You can pick it up for, let's have a look, $20 for the PDF. Nice. Or, let's have a look, 35 for a community copy, Ooh. Uh, which means you buy a copy and you also donate a copy to somebody who is facing financial difficulty.
0: Ah, okay, yeah.
3: And then $100 gets you a PDF and mega support for this small team to create. So it's just a PDF still, but you're being generous.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, giving some love to a team which is making a game that very few people... Yeah, it's a really niche. Have yeah, it's doing, it's,
3: doing yeah. Okay, it's doing well.
0: It's super niche, but I, I, I like it. I don't know if I'd play it myself, but I appreciate its beauty hmm. sort of thing. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to know that if I want to play a butterfly uh, messing around in America... Doing environmental things, then I'm pretty much sorted. Hmm. Nice. So right then. Right. There you go, Joel. So, one That's tenth of a point. One, point. To, yes. one tenth of a point. Yep. There we go. A new load. You can do it. You can do it. Well, same, I'm saying positive <laughs> <laughs> in the strictest numerical okay. sense. Are you ready, Joel? I think so. I'm, ahead, I'm nervous
2: after Ooh. that one.
3: That was a hard one. <laughs> that was a hard So, this one is from Golden Goblin Press and it's called Terror. Of October Nomicon. Alright,
2: October... I'm writing this down. Nomicon. Nomicon. Okay. Alright, so it's definitely... Definitely horror-related. I'm going to go with that. hmm And, um... Let's see here. It may be, like, uh, similar to, like, a kid's own Bikes RPG, if y'all have ever heard of that. Um, it's about... Uh, a group of kids and kind of thrust kind of like a stranger things type deal and uh they're thrust into i'm gonna say it's an adventure uh even though it's kind of a setting too but it's an adventure kind of similar to a kids on bikes rpg and everything builds up to halloween halloween is going to be like the pinnacle of the adventure something bad happens on halloween there's some type of uh book i guess that's the october nomicon either that or it's a big convention i don't know I <laughs> well, mm-hmm. would not go to that convention <laughs> <laughs> so, so i'm gonna stick with it's these uh it's kind of like a stranger things type deal and everything leads up to something happening on halloween there's some kind of bad guy adversary person that has some type of uh Book called the October Nomicon, and they have to fight out with them to get it back and save their community and save the world. How's that sound? <laughs> so, I love
3: your idea of this being a convention, October Nomicon. <laughs> it's it a convention, it's not, but, but someone has to start that convention now, and it's got to be in October, obviously. But, uh, what this is is a Call of Cthulhu anthology of six adventures, each one features an original monster taken from the Oktobernomicon. Is that a thing? The Oktobernomicon? I've not heard of it. No. No, I don't know. Well, well, where is
0: (laughs) that? They they, they just made it up for us. It's called the Oktobernomicon. Okay. Um. Uh,
3: Four of them are set in the 1920s. One is for Cthulhu Invictus, and the other is built for the Down Darker Trails setting.
0: Uh, Okay. Uh, Down Darker Trails is like Cthulhu but cowboys, as I recall. Okay. Um, I believe it. Sounds good. Yeah. Yes, it was. Uh, it was in? I think it was in an any nomination round about twenty seventeen. Right. Okay. Um, I just quite liked it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Well,
3: let me let me quickly s- s- sort of C- Cthulhu Invictus is ancient Rome. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. Cthulhu in ancient Rome. Wow. Uh, down dark yeah. trails. Yeah, the old rest, Yeah. Um, the adventure is called A Low Down Dirty Owl Hoot by William Adcock. set in the Colorado mm-hmm. Territory.
0: Right. Yeah.
3: So, um, yeah, so, Joe, you didn't get anything right there, but I like your idea of the uh, convention so much, I'm going to give you a point for that, just because you <laughs> made me laugh. So, <laughs> <laughs> you are currently winning one point to one-tenth of a point. It can all change. Mm. That's a... And or almost certainly will. Okay, Peter, are you ready for your next one?
0: I was more ready. Hit me.
3: Okay. The next one is called... Okay, Fatum. F-A-T-U-M. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those ones where it's got a bit after that which basically says exactly what it is. So I, I, can't, I can't read that bit out. So unfortunately, you only get the one word. But since it's so hard to get something like that from one word, I will give you a point multiplier of a thousand if you get it. Mm. Which you won't. But if you do, I'll give you a point multiplier of a thousand.
0: So, fatum. Mm-mm-mm. It sounds like the unit of fate. It's a single unified fate uh, actually,
3: point. Fatum Dark Myths. Yeah, sorry. Uh, the, the colon's a bit further in than I thought it was. Fatum Dark Myths.
0: Right, right. Oh, tripled
2: the mm. keep So
0: you don't get the multiplier
2: anymore. Oh, Easy <laughs> come, right. easy go. go.
0: Fatum Dark Myths. Um, yeah, so... Fatum
3: Dark Myths colon something.
0: Okay, and something explains what the thing that it actually is is excellent. So I think this is... Uh, again, I'm feeling quite drawn to a bit of cosmic horror, maybe. Because, you know, dark myths. Um, but again, I feel more of a fantasy setting. So maybe a dark fantasy. And this is following... Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I feel there's strong elements of destiny involved in this because it's like, you know, Phaeton to me feels like they're trying to make a point of there just being one fate which is, um, rather than continuous, it's sort of quantum and, uh, well identified, well defined. So, dark myths, so it's, yeah, I guess it's sort of, uh, fantasy game i'll probably say uh i'll say high fantasy in the sense that it is a magical world rather than low fantasy as in it's our world with magic in and uh yeah i don't know what i'll say about it really i think it is a setting and i think it is uh again i'm going to i i'm feeling good about original systems right now so i'm going to say original system
3: do you want to keep your point multiplier
0: Mm, oh okay thanks are you sure? Absolutely. You're totally sure. You can have the point modifier, yes. a thousand point no, modifier. Okay. Are you sure? I thought that would give me an unfair advantage
3: over <laughs> control. because you've just scored minus one points. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> so what this is is a system-neutral yeah. character creator deck of cards for noir, modern, futuristic, and alternative role-playing games. Nice. Uh, so. The cards are all illustrated with exclusive artwork
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, allow you to create characters and their linked stories in a short time or come up with a quick yet full story for an NPC when suddenly needed.
0: Ooh, go on, press, stick, stick a link in the, um, link in will, the chat I so we can have a look. We'll do
3: that. Chat? Yes. Here we go.
0: Because this is a bit where I start raving about the artwork. Um, so these are French tarot
3: sized yeah. cards. I didn't. Is French Ooh. tarot different to other tarot?
0: Ah, maybe it's bigger. I don't know. Oh, these look like they're chunky, aren't they? Wow. Okay. The
3: artwork is nice. It is very
0: nice. Yeah. Okay, they've got a D20 left size. so... Oh, they look a bit smaller. They look like they're slightly elongated playing card size, based on that D20? Possibly.
3: So it looks like you you draw a personality, a background, a bond, an event, and a place. And then those get put together to create the character's backstory, as is my guess, based on their infographics
0: there, right? So they got a dark myths box and a fantasy box. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. So oh, that 88 cards. Yeah. It's kind of
3: fun. It's doing yeah. well. The Kickstarter is doing well. It's uh, let's have a look. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's uh, it's on sixty five thousand seven hundred fifty seven euros from their four thousand euro goal. It's a Spanish uh, Spanish company.
0: Okay. Wow. And they've got steampunk, sci-fi, gothic, and epic paths expansion. Uh, coins, legendary heroes. Goodness. You can spend a lot of money on this. Mm. Oh, wow. And they, have you seen that box? The collector's box. It's, uh, it opens up. It's like an incredibly fancy jewelry case in that the top section opens up horizontally, allowing you access to the compartments below. Mm. Ah. Yeah.
3: That's nice. How much is that going to set you back though? The whole collector's box?
0: I mean I'm looking 70 at
3: seventy it looks like.
0: What, seventy euros? All gone. No. New god
3: early bird.
0: Right, right, right. Uh your character on the deck Ancient Deity Early Bird. Wow. No, no longer available? Yeah, uh,
3: 75 Seventy five for the non early bird one.
0: Hmm. Yeah, which is about sixty four quid it says. I, I mean you. yeah, well that's what that's what kicks off says. There's no reason to lie to me. <laughs> and what is this for? Random character story creation. Mm. So it's like just a way to spot creativity to make your own characters. Huh. Right. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Your, well, well done. Sir. Your score currently
3: Sorry. is, I believe, minus nine tenths of a point. No, you can say 0.9. It's a shame you didn't take the multiplier
0: there. Oh, was that a trap?
3: <laughs> who, who predicted that? Peter didn't <laughs> see that coming. <laughs>
0: No, I think you look so good when when you smile that way. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's just an uncanny (laughs) Anyway, Joel, Joel, your second one. You can do this. You are
3: on, I believe, one point to Peter's minus nine-tenths of a
0: point. Everything to play for.
3: Everything to play for. Are you ready, Joel, for this last one?
2: I'm going to have to be ready. I I (laughs) can't.
0: So
2: this one is called
0: Possible Worlds.
3: (laughs)
2: Possible Worlds.
0: that's a hard one love it
2: all right so i'm i'm definitely sure that it's a setting okay it's um i don't think it's fifth edition though Uh, i don't think so i think it is probably system neutral maybe and um it is a source book for i'm thinking this out um i I think it's sci-fi kind of um uh like world exploring type things, you're going out finding alien worlds would be my bet and um there's some type of system maybe for randomly generating uh these alien worlds uh whether or not they have ruins, what kind of environments they are uh if there's alien civilizations but uh that's that's what I'm gonna stick with right there that it is system neutral it's a source book for randomly generating. Uh, alien world. Hmm.
3: So I think Ooh. that would be a, you know, that's probably what I would have guessed as well, given that title. <laughs> it's not. It's not a bad guess, but it's not right. And uh, this is one of those ones where it's got a colon oh. and then something after it would tell you exactly what it is. So what this is is six micro RPGs. Oh. As a subscription uh, box uh, uh, over a period of six months.
0: Oh. Interesting.
3: So uh, each of them is like twenty-five pages and uh you either get them as a pdf each month or you can get these pocket sized wire bound little books as well which actually look quite cool i'm actually i'm tempted by this one and uh yeah so basically six of them one a month um there's one called dating dot sim one called grandpa's farm one called hounds seen thieves single unique power and wishless are the other uh, six games? Uh, for five dollars, you can get one game. For 25, you get all five, all six as uh, PDFs. Or for 50, you get all of them as sort of wirebound bound notebooks.
0: Ooh, interesting. Hmm.
3: So, yeah. A, I think that's pretty cool. B, Joel, unfortunately, you do get no points for that. However, you still mm. have one because you still have one point to Peter's minus (laughs)
0: nine-tenths. I I, I try and tell people this is a game where you have to stay positive to win, and they just think I'm talking about a mental attitude, whereas (laughs) actually I'm just talking about point scores.
3: (laughs) So, Joel, congratulations. Have you got room on your shelves there for the trophy, which is a smug sense of self-satisfaction?
2: I don't know, man. I might have to get rid of some of my D&D books. (laughs) You could put it in (laughs) your display
3: cabinet, perhaps. Yeah, with that Uh, uh, Tiamat. With
0: that Tiamat. uh, Tiamat uh, (laughs) Scarlet.
3: Guarded by
0: the Tiamat. Just to be clear, we're not going to give you a $400 Tiamat. Good that. I like it.
3: (laughs) Are you looking forward to starting this new
0: game? It's called Psychic Crystalline Rodent Jellyfish. Ooh, I am. I've been wanting to play a psychic crystalline rodent jellyfish for ages. Hasn't
3: everybody? I mean, this stuff just writes itself.
0: Well, I'm glad I have such an awesome dungeon master like you to run it.
3: Dungeon master? Now, now. You know that's protected IP. And anyway, there's no dungeons in this game.
0: Right, right. Sorry, sorry. Games master. Sorry, old habits. Not
3: that either, my
0: friend. Uh Uh-huh. You mean you're the jelly master? (laughs)
3: <laughs> got it in one! And a mighty fine Jelly Master I shall be.
0: Uh, uh, mate, mate, I can't call you that.
3: Why ever not?
0: Well, it's kind of silly, don't you think? Well, I'm
3: Dungeon Master, isn't
0: uh, yeah, well, yeah, I suppose uh, that is pretty silly too, but, but Jelly Master?
3: I mean, the game is called Psychic Crystalline Rodent Jellyfish.
0: Can't we go with, Ah, oh, I don't know, um, how about Storyteller?
3: Ah, uh, Vampire got there first. Narrator? The upcoming and incredibly awesomely well-written Level Up Advanced 5th Edition has that one.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah I hear that is pretty awesome. Um, <gasps> Lawmaster. Ah, uh, Straight
3: out of the One Ring. Uh,
0: keeper? Call of Cthulhu. Referee?
3: Traveller and uh, uh, football and stuff.
0: Um, director?
3: Too many games to mention.
0: There must be something. What about... Banker?
3: What, you mean like in that famous RPG, Monopoly? I love playing the hat. Oh, fair. fair. Look, I don't think we're going to improve on Jelly Master. What
0: about moderator? Jelly moderator? I was thinking more game moderator.
3: Oh, damn it. I like jelly moderator.
0: Supervisor, producer, judge, administrator, controller. (gasps) I know. The computer. All taken. Look, you're just going to have to get used to Jelly Master. Why
3: don't you give it a try?
0: Fine. Jelly Master. Jelly Master. Jelly Master. Jelly Master. Jelly Master. Master Jelly. Lord of all things gelatinous, Grand of Preserves. Governor of Marmalades and Sovereign of Jam. Baron of Confiture, Ruler of Curds. Emperor of Clots. Coagulates gels and chutney. There. Are you happy? I think you're taking it a little far there, mate. Could be worse. Worse? Worse how? Could have brought it out in a right. hello
3: everybody uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast we just wanted to mention our patreon peter
0: are you familiar with our patreon oh is it uh, patreon.com slash morris yes M-O-R-R-U-S. at patreon.com forward slash
3: morris you can find our patreon which is what pays for our podcast and buys yes. us all these wonderful microphones and yes. mixes and other little bits and pieces and wires
0: so many wires
3: and all these wires and uh, we have a uh, load of wonderful patreon backers at the moment and yes. those backers get
0: we cherish you all
3: yes we do cherish them very much and those backers yes. get bonus content every single week just as a thank you for uh, for backing our patreon
0: and because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark they also get to like talk to us in our discord channel which is pretty good Mm-hmm. And sometimes even deign to answer that uh, but even more importantly when we have guests coming onto the show they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests mm. um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we I guess will answer
3: so please if you do enjoy the podcast head on over to patreon.com forward slash morris link will be in the show notes yes. and support us even with just a dollar a month every little, every little bit helps. Anyway, we have a Kickstarter to talk about, and a Kickstarter we do have a Kickstarter. It's called Hope Not Lost. Yes, and it's uh, it's by by Joel and uh, his uh, his company, A Hole in the Ground, which is quite a cool name for a company, I think. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us, tell us, Joel, tell us uh, what is Hope Not
1: Lost? Yeah.
2: So uh, Hope Not Lost, following up on an adventure uh, did back in 2015. Uh, So 2015 is when we got started. And uh, we've come a long way since then. But uh, 2015, I was inspired by hearing a lot of stories of how Gary Gygax used to run like Castle Greyhawk for his kids and some of his family members and friends. And uh, Mm -hmm. back then I'd been helping with a few other projects, but I decided, hey, you know, I'd like to publish some adventures of my own. And uh, so what I did back then was a title called A Brother Lost. And it, the idea mm. is a solo origin adventure. It, when I say solo, it still requires a dungeon master. But in that, I did that. Yes, this is for Play
3: B, just a kind of play. for, it. for d yeah. and 5th uh, edition. Yeah. And
2: in that, that adventure, you're basically, uh, it gives you an origin story to start out with. But it's designed for one player. And uh, for that one, it was the fighter class. Uh, the mm. concept there is your brother goes missing in a local barrow and uh, you have to go looking for him Uh, your father's gone Mm -hmm. off to war you're on a little farm but your brother and his little friend have gone missing and that's the premise of that Mm. and it leads you up gives you a story uh, gives you a a dungeon crawl there as well as a chance to develop some things for your character and your background and uh, got a real lot of good positive reviews on that adventure and uh, Mm. that's really what's kept me going and uh, I've shared with other people. I'd rather have that than all the money in the world. But I really enjoy hearing about people running. Oh,
0: I'd rather
2: have
0: all the money in the world.
3: But- well, you <laughs> 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 But I—I I mean, all—I mean, literally all the money yeah. in the world. That's what I money. I won't be happy until I have it all. Yeah, but then when you got mm-hmm. all the
2: money, you won't be happy anymore because you won't have anything um. to. But I know some people say they'd like to try it. But uh- but yeah, Ooh. I got a lot of good uh, reviews from like parents running the adventure for their children, Mm. some Mm -hmm. uncles running for nieces and nephews and, and I didn't design it necessarily for children, but I got a lot of um, positive reviews from people running that for people who had never played D and D before. And Mm -hmm. uh, it was Mm -hmm. a good, good intro adventure for people to play, but I also heard from a lot of veterans too that enjoyed running it as well. So uh, fast forward, we've did a lot of projects since then I was originally going to do Hope Not Lost about three years ago, but I had a licensing opportunity come forward for Legacy of the Ancients, uh, which was a popular CRPG from back in 1989. Uh, So I kind of put Hope Not Lost on the back burner to do that Kickstarter, and I finished that project up. And um, so now Hope Not Lost, I've been in development on for about three years now, and I'm one of these people, I believe you don't start another Kickstarter till you've finished everything. Mm-hmm. I hate people that do that. They'll they'll try to start Kickstarters when they're not through with what they did before and they didn't fulfill their promises. Mm-hmm. Ones I remember uh, the Robotech RPG Tactics Kickstarter, mm-hmm. I got burned mm-hmm. on that one pretty bad. And got cool. something out of it. And I, oh, I did yeah. a few Kickstarters that the people basically just ran off with the money uh
3: yeah i mean that's why my kickstarters don't have stretch goals because i have that exact i know that i want to get on with another kickstarter but i'm not going to do that if i still have outstanding things from previous ones so i just don't have the stretch goals like you know it's finished it's done i can move well and and your
2: backers expect that and they know that up front uh personally Mm. i like to do the stretch goals uh you know i a lot of people enjoy those. I enjoy doing those, but like you said, certainly
3: you make more money with them. I know, you know, I, you know, I am leaving money on the table by not doing it, but I'm also enabling myself to start a new Kickstarter earlier. So it kind of swings and roundabouts for me.
2: It just takes a while, you know, um, with hope not lost, I've put a year on the Kickstarter, but the main product should be delivered within a few months. Uh, but the idea with hope not lost is, it's a solo origin adventure for the cleric class. Me personally, the cleric Mm. class is my favorite class in D&D. The previous one was fighter, was it? Yes. And uh, so this is uh, in, but I love the cleric class and the cleric class gets a lot of hate from people, you know, but I Mm. I really enjoy it. And you don't see a lot of uh, content coming out for the cleric class. But Mm. uh, the idea with this is it's divided into two epics. In the first epic, you're basically a level zero character. And uh and Right, and that's a
3: concept I haven't seen Ooh. in a long time.
2: So you start out, you're left on the doorsteps of a temple as an infant. Mm-hmm. A priest raises you to be a priest of the order. And in the first half of the adventure, I've got all these little, right now there's four encounters set up, and I'm hoping to maybe do a stretch goal for a fifth one. You're given a simple character sheet, but it's not truly, you're not ordained, you don't have your powers, But the idea Mm. is it tests your morality and character as a player. Mm. And uh, Mm. the four encounters thrust you into different situations. And uh, there's really some really good chances for some role-playing there. You know, it's not just murder hobos Mm. going around killing everything. Uh, But but you really tested your morality. For example, one of them is uh, you discover... One of the uh, widows in the local temple is stealing money out of the plate when it's passed around Mm -hmm. at services. So Mm -hmm. you have to decide what you're going to do there. And, uh, you know, another one uh, called the drunkard's coin purse. uh, You're helping Mm -hmm. one night the priest heal somebody in the town you live in. And when you come back, you discover somebody passed out outside a tavern and Mm -hmm. uh, there's coins laying everywhere. So you have to decide in that, you know, what you're going to do. So these are kind
3: of more social encounters rather than, you know, wagging a skeleton on the head type.
2: Exactly, and it gives you a chance to build uh, some morality and character to see what you are. Now, Mm. at the end of the first part of the adventure, you're ordained as a priest, and that's Mm. when you gain your, your powers and your abilities. But depending on how you did each encounter, you get darkness or light points. Right. And uh, you can cash those in to get a little better bonus on some of your skills or learn a new skill. And uh, it gives you a little bit of an extra advantage, but it also rewards the player for role playing. You know, are you truly, you know, goody two shoes? Are you, you know, or are you kind of shady? You know, depending on what you choose, uh, Mm -hmm. there's different types of skills that may be available for you. So so
3: is it beneficial To do one or the other, or are they both kind of equal?
2: Uh, It depends on, you know, which skills you're after. Uh, Like, Mm. I believe if you you go kind of more shady, you can uh, choose deception, you know, as a skill. Right. It gives you access Mm -hmm. to a few things, or you may start out with a few more coins than you should. But also, one of the encounters, too, early on, decides somebody's life, and I don't want to give that away. But uh, depending on how you play one of the early encounters, it'll determine whether or not somebody is alive in the second part of the adventure. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a mystery I, I don't want to give away to everybody. But in the second part of the adventure, once you're ordained, uh, you're given your first assignment. And that's the title of the second epic is the first assignment. So you have mm-hmm. to go to a remote village that hasn't had a priest in over three years. And uh, Mm -hmm. once you arrive, you know, like you were saying, I don't want it to be just you whack a skeleton on the head and, you know, it's a dungeon crawl. It's heavy role playing. You have to repair uh, relationships with the local village there. And Mm -hmm. uh, I've kind of set up some mini games within the game itself. For instance, you have to restore the abbey that is there. There's going to be a matrix that I'll release of attendance level. The attendance level of the Abbey, when you first go there, nobody wants to go to the Abbey anymore. It's been so long Mm -hmm. since anybody's attended church. So you have to restore Mm -hmm. people wanting to actually come to the local Abbey in the village. And by going Mm -hmm. and completing different encounters, you um, you do that. But that also helps you bring in more tithe money for the local Abbey. And that allows Mm -hmm. you to do more things to expand it. So there's a good many... Small encounters you can do. But along the way, mm. you discover a dark secret in the village. Of course, this is Dungeons and Dragons. We have to have a dungeon. But at the very <laughs> uh, the apex of the encounter is you discover that there is something within the cemetery. So you're also in charge of the cemetery there. And uh, mm. you have to go and discover that secret. And there's a dungeon beneath the abbey. And beneath the cemetery mm. that you have to conquer, mm. I don't want to give too much of it away, mm. but uh, that is the climax of the encounter.
3: Just looking at an art piece here, which is also the rear cover of the book, and it's got the character overlooking that village, and you can see the you can see the abbey and, and the cemetery. The cemetery is enormous; it's
2: as big as the village. It looks like. <laughs> well, that's one of the mysteries of it. So normally, mm. you would not have a cemetery that big in a village that small mm. and that's part of the secrets you uncover to to make a long story short in the village several centuries ago there was a gigantic battle that was there and the mm. abbey and the cemetery are both results of that battle and uh part of your job you know as the priest is looking over the cemetery as well so mm. you are correct that is that is very unusual for a village that small
3: it's a lovely piece of art though. And I love the vantage point on that. I love the angle on that looking down on on the Yeah, beach. And,
2: and speaking of the artwork, you know, Alex Green, uh, she lives there in the UK in um East Sussex County down there on the coast. No. She did that piece for me. She's did a lot of the chapter uh artwork and uh she's a great artist to work with there in the UK and Rick Hershey was able to do the cover.
3: Oh yeah, I've worked with Rick before, yeah. And
2: uh, mm. Rick's pretty awesome. He uh one of his claim to fame is you see his uh fifth edition logo on probably half or more of the projects out there. And mm. uh he's did a lot of work for me. He's really great to work with. He's based out of South Carolina, which is uh pretty close to where I'm at here in Georgia. Mm. But uh but yeah, it's it's a fun little adventure. We're a small company. You know, so we can do a lot of extra things on our Kickstarters. I'm not trying to do, you know, basically this will be our third Kickstarter. Uh, We had to do Legacy of the Ancients twice. We didn't meet our funding goal the first time. But but when we do Kickstarters, it basically is funding a hole in the ground terrain and games for a season. So Mm -hmm. most of the money I'll be up front with you, most of the money I make on Kickstarters, I spend entirely on artwork. Uh, oh. You know, I, I like to support my artists. I've built a really that's good not, network of artists. That's not
3: unusual. Art is often a very, very big chunk of a. Of a
2: yes, sir. But I think it's a fun adventure. We're going to be doing a lot of stretch goals. For uh, For example, I released a few this morning for pre-generated characters. A lot of people like that. Mm. Now, a lot of people may want to make their own characters, but a lot of people, you know, are in a hurry or don't want to. So we usually provide a lot of pre-generated characters. Uh, we do a lot of maps. Uh, I love doing maps. Cartography is mm. one of the things I love mm. the most. So I typically release a lot of maps, uh, both for print and virtual tabletop. I try to release things in a format where they can be on Roll20 or whatever platform mm. you support. And um, one thing I'm doing with this one that I've did with others is kind of um, trying to think of the correct word, but it's kind of a cheat sheet for the GM. Uh, I'll do a GM mm-hmm. sheet that kind of gives oh, yeah. you a checklist to go down, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all, if you got a large adventure, you're thumbing through it trying to figure out, but I like to provide a lot of GM sheets. Sometimes I'll do encounter oh, okay. sheets if it's a combat-heavy adventure, okay. yeah. has everything broken out. And uh, with this oh, one, nice. uh, looking at doing a lot of multimedia stuff, so Ooh. there's different takes on things. Some people hate read-alouds. I don't know where you're... Stand is Russ and Peter, but you either love them or you hate them. You know? Mm. Yeah. So mm. some people just hate read alouds, but we typically. What, you
3: mean, you mean like boxed text? Yes, sir. Boxed text. text. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah I, 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 mm.
3: I recognize their usefulness. I don't like doing it because I feel like people switch off when I'm just reading out text to them rather mm. than just talking to them naturally. So what I try to do is just make sure I know what it says. Yeah. and then just talk to the players,
0: yeah, well, and it's um, hard
3: sometimes to do that,
0: but mm. you know i I'm more of a more of a guideline rather than rule suggestion, so mm. it's like if I see it, I will just change it up to suit what I'm saying better, but it's nice to make sure that you're not missing anything that you're supposed to be revealing. It's just sometimes to read aloud, can actually include information that the players can't see. I they sat with some older adventurers, you've got like dark vision. And actually, you've got the read aloud text refers about things they cannot physically see from the end of the room that they come in. So <laughs> that can be a bit of a trip up. Like or, or they've got
3: the dragon right at the end of the read aloud text. <laughs> 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 it's like the no. first thing and only thing you would notice is just mentioned. Oh, and there's a dragon.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be paying too much attention to whether the columns are Dorinthian or. <laughs> yeah. Doric or Corinthian. I don't know where I'm getting Corinthian from. I blame Russ. Um But yeah, oh, yeah it's like the God, dragon completely. the dragon the dragon will occupy my visual PJ but yeah. Dragon. I hope.
3: So yeah. So I was I was looking at this and it says that the adventure begins with the player's birth. Mm. You, and there's a picture of a baby there, and when you're left up steps of a temple. So it was like does it
2: work? Does it work through the characters' childhood? It does. So that's one of the cool things about, and that's why Ooh. the first epic is called the early years. And uh, with some of the multimedia yeah. things yeah. we're looking at, I'm looking at doing for each encounter a small video and MP3 narration. That's why we were talking about read aloud. Some people love them or hate them, and because right, sometimes right. you know with read alouds, people will basically try to write a novel. Uh, Within an RPG and it's real. That's really not the point, but I wanted to have some there Mm. uh, but I am working on uh, for a stretch goal uh, Set of mp3 files for each of those and work that into a small video with the artwork and all this is optional if uh, Mm. The dungeon master doesn't want to use these he doesn't have to but for a lot of younger players, you know And now that we're moving a lot more into uh, virtual playing, I think uh, there'll be a lot of value in Mm -hmm. these files. So that's one thing I'm working toward is um, for each little encounter, a really short video and some audio narration. And as the dungeon master or game master, you don't have to read that. You can just click on play if it's something you've read ahead of time and you feel like it doesn't reveal too much. So Mm -hmm. I can remember back some second edition uh, back when CD-ROMs and things first come out, you'd see a lot of uh, multimedia things come out. So I thought that would be something really mm. neat that I could put in the extras uh, on the Kickstarter. Uh, but yeah, I hope to do that. I think I think for online
3: play and virtual table anything that helps with immersion is definitely useful. So if you've got if you've got MP3 tracks or, or small videos and stuff, I think that really suits that format really well because people are sitting there looking at their screen anyway, aren't they? So it was right yeah, and,
2: and I know even when I run games in person or play in person, I typically, I have in my gaming room outside of the room I'm in now, I've got a like about a 30-inch uh, TV on a, a stand that rolls around, and I'll typically have my laptop mm-hmm. there, and I like to pull up a lot of digital things from whatever adventure you know, the pitchers, you know, so uh, mm. yeah. that's pretty inexpensive things to do. But a lot of people are moving toward mm. a lot of digital aids in their game. So I'm hoping to have a lot of that with yeah. this adventure and any of the stretch goals uh, that we're doing. And um, But, yeah, I think that sums up the adventure pretty good. The first part is the early years. So it goes from birth to ordination. Then once you're ordained... So
3: it's basically a life path system in, in kind of adventure
2: format yes sir is that is that a yeah fair? i think that'd be that'd be fair to say um you know what a, one of my goals with this and with the brother loss is to give somebody you know instead of just a made-up background a background that they actually in a sense live through which was through the you mm. know uh we oh. talk about uh um, zero session games or something like that you could almost say yeah. this is a zero session game but yeah, yeah. It gives them, because Ooh. they actually played through their background, you know, they're more tied to that character. And the hope yeah. is with a brother lost and hope not lost that once they've completed that and move on to other adventures, uh, they've got a closer tie and bond to that character because they've been immersed in it longer. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, um, you know, more immersion for them.
3: So what does a, a, a level zero character look like
2: mm.
3: on, on the character sheet? What, what, I mean, obviously it hasn't got any class abilities or anything like that. So what, what, what is there at, at zero level?
2: Really and truly, it is to get somebody a character sheet. It has the stats of a commoner, a 5e commoner on there, and basically mm. any possessions. But for somebody that's never played Dungeons & Dragons, a a level zero character sheet is basically to get them used to the idea that there is a character sheet. Uh, At that point, their stats would be just a commoner until they're ordained. And uh, you know, that's, that is going to be the first level is, you know, the culmination of their training, their ability. Uh, But yeah, the level zero character sheet is basically a commoner stats, Mm. but it's more about a placeholder for lack of a better word, to let them know, hey, this is still a role-playing game. Because, it, it, mm. you know, in those encounters, they may want to make some roles. They may want to try to yeah, figure right. some things out. So when
3: they reach level one at the end of the adventure and they become ordained and they become a cleric or they become a fighter or whatever, do they then just proceed, pull out the player's handbook and make up a regular character then? Or, or is there some other transition? Well, there's
2: two paths in... Um in a brother lost, we didn't do the level zero character sheet. You just started at first level, so yeah. the level zero thing is is new for um, hope not lost. But yeah, there's two options there uh, with the pre-generated character sheet. If if they want to look look over those sheets, they can choose that and then they can add in their light and darkness points to get a little bit of a bonus and, and heads up. Or if you know part of uh, role playing is the fun of it is making your character. And we don't want to take that away from anybody. Mm -hmm. So if they want to do that, they, they can use D and D beyond the player's handbook, uh, whatever they would like to do. We don't want to take that option away, but for a lot of people that don't have a lot of time in in the world we live in now, they may want to go with a pre-generated sheet character sheet, but we don't want to take that away from anybody. But, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so once you hit first level, you can take the, the pre-generated character sheet. Uh, one of the goals is we're also work looking at um, some artwork for uh, there, or they can have their own artwork, but tried with Rick Hershey. Uh, I've got a female and a male version of uh, the character. Now, I can't do the whole book, you know, in both genders, but, but I have tried to, for the character sheet at least, to have a male and a female character uh, artwork mm-hmm. there. So I, I really like...
3: The basic idea of starting, I, and I have done in the past as well. Always liked the idea of starting at level zero and working your way towards a class. I seem to remember was this like second edition or something? And TSR did a version of this, and you didn't even know what class you were going to end up being, and that depended on what you did throughout the level zero. Or well, I might be only half remembering something or misremembering something, but you know, there's, there's, there's something like that at the back of my head that I seem to yeah. recall.
2: Well, the early encounters, you know, as a child, they're all geared mainly toward uh, the priest that's raising you as their child and encounters mm. related to that. So the early years encounters, they kind of keep you on the path to being a cleric. And uh, yeah. it helps instill some morality and character uh, values uh, with that player.
3: Yeah, sure, sure. So are there plans to do-
2: through the rest of the classes. Uh so obviously there's like a, yeah. quite a lot of classes to go if that was if that was the plan. But Well, I know you guys were joking about sixth edition on one of your uh, prior podcasts I was listening <laughs> to. I don't know, the I do the the two I'm drawn toward next. I've got some ideas in the works for the thief class mm-hmm. and uh, also the wizard class, but you mm-hmm. know, the downside to being a small company is there's only so much we can do in a year. I try not to uh, take on too many projects because you know mm. i want them to be high quality and i want to actually deliver what i promise to people but but yeah, yeah okay. once this is over uh i do uh have some things in the works for the um the thief class and um uh the wizard class
3: mm. so hitting the four the four core the four big ones basically. and by then
2: sixth edition may be out i don't know It
3: i probably yeah well, I'm hoping we've got a few years at least until 6th Yes, edition.
2: yeah, I, I hope so, too. So you,
3: you've you've, put me, you've, put me, you've given me a problem, Joel. <laughs> what's that? I want to back it. I like it. I want to back it. But I, do this. I keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I can have money left. Well, <laughs> I've got to do it. I like it. I've got to back this one.
2: Oh, God. What's wrong no, with me?
0: There you go. All right. Live on there for a good value. Fly, you There we good go, tracking it.
2: Well, at least it's not a four hundred dollar Tiamat miniature, you know. <laughs> That's true. Just think of the money you're
0: saving. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear.
2: And I try to keep my uh, reward tiers pretty low, you know. On the kickstarters I do, they're not, you know, super expensive kickstarters. Basically, yeah. I try to keep okay. things simplified. One level is basically digital, you know. For Pledged and tweeted. for uh, twelve dollars, you know, you get digital of everything all the stretch goals any adventures other titles that come out uh for mm. 15 you do the print
3: it has been a real pleasure talking to you joel i really enjoyed it right back to kickstarter i love it can't wait to get that dropping through my mailbox sure thank you guys i'm
2: humbled to be on here i know i'm a small independent publisher and you guys have some really uh really big guests on the show but i'm humbled to be on here And uh, I thank you for the opportunity to be a guest and uh, share a little bit about my Kickstarter.
3: Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, we've got some great guests coming up. So uh, before we go, we have got Mitchell Wallace uh, from Penny for a Tale, Weave the Tale, Helmgast, Swedish company, and Imagining Games. We've got someone from Roll20 coming on in a couple of weeks who's going to talk all about that platform. Uh, we've got Shannon Applecline, who uh, used to be administrator over at RPG Net. He's mm. the author of the popular "Designers and Dragons" series of books yeah. about the RPG industry. We've mm. got Claudio Pozas coming back again. Mm. She's going to talk about the business of art and yeah. more people. Yes, I uh, did want to mention because Joel, you're you're an example of someone that reached out to us and said, "I'd like to come on your show." And uh, I just want to say, we do heartily encourage that. Absolutely. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, how do you get on our, get on the show? All you need to do is drop us an email and, you know, we'll just get back to you and say, yeah, tell you what dates we've got available. We're usually booked up about a month in advance. Yes. So you, if you've got a Kickstarter running already, and I, I did have someone come to me this week and said, I've got a Kickstarter running now. Can we come on? And i not until mid-May now, sorry. Yeah. But,
0: um, uh, I mean, before you have your Kickstarter is an excellent time to let us know that you want to come on the show we're on Twitter you can talk to us Um, talk to Russ Russ is is always desperate for people to talk to on uh, Twitter (laughs) and Sven the best way to do it is start telling him about your character in the campaign because he really loves that
3: does yeah yeah Yeah, I do like that Um, also by the way in about a month just over a month there'll be a 150th episode
0: I know on the 14th of May yeah and like it's what a three year anniversary this year
3: and that'll be on the 11th of June wild I know looking forward to it me too. And on that note, let's get out of here, After shall we? It.
1: Until Sorry. next week. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPT news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to Podcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.
3: I have a cup of the finest tea. And by finest tea, I mean PG tips. So.
2: Well, here Ooh. we only drank sweet tea.
0: Yes.
3: I've never had sweet tea. I...
0: Oh, you're missing out. Like, tea tea with a bit of lemon uh, and a lot of sugar. Uh, no milk is pretty pleasant, especially with, with ice, obviously. Yeah.
2: It's almost like syrup. It's so thick with sugar. <laughs> I feel slightly ill just thinking
0: about it. I mean, honestly, Russ, you don't, you don't know what you're missing unless you go to um, Dragon Con and, like, you experience the intense heat of being in a hall with, like, a thousand sweaty nerds in the middle of the Atlantic. So, like, you don't appreciate just how much this sweet, sugary nectar <laughs> makes you go from being, uh, to, ah, <laughs>